0: 15-4 score. We're back with more in a moment on WTMJ.
1: This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Freddy kicks, deals, swinging, and a fly ball hit to left. Deep warning track. This is trouble gone for Nolan Arenado,
0: And the Cardinals jump out to a 2-0 lead. That was only the beginning. It did not go well for the Brewers tonight. 15 4. The Brewers end up losing to the Cardinals. Welcome back into Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley. Craig Cashon from Valley Sports Wisconsin will be here. Momentarily, if you want to join us, you can do so eight five five six one six one six twenty eight five five six one six one six twenty. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and a Text Line. Doug texting in says, "I'm just going to try and block this one out. I know there's not much to play for, but let's put a little better performance out there. And they have to start playing better at home. Need Columbo to figure out this mystery." Doug, I don't think it's a mystery, and I think that's a pretty bad take by you about the home thing. Because let's look at what the Brewers have done at home since the All-Star break. If you're going to complain about these results at home since the All-Star break, then you're just looking for things to complain about. Last homestand. Took two out of three from Cincinnati, two out of three from Washington. The home stand before that, okay, they lost the series against San Francisco but they were in a Visayo Garcia catch with two odds in the ninth away from winning it. I I still don't know if I've ever seen a a borderline routine play that would have ended the game, not get made. So you can't, they, they lost that series by definition, but they really didn't lose that series. They had that series won. The series before that, they took two out of three from Pittsburgh. The home series before that, they took two out of three from the White Sox. The only series in the second half in the post-All-Star break portion at home that they have legitimately lost was that two-game series against Kansas City, and they just can't beat the Royals this year. You have teams like that. So if you're going to complain about those type of home results, like I get what the overall record is. Let's what What is it? Their overall home record this year, looking on the notes, and I am not seeing it off the top of my head. Uh, anyway, it's not, it's not as good. It, it's clearly it's clearly not as good. There, um, and, and I get that. Like I get from a from a big picture perspective, uh, the the home record compared to the road record is not as good this year. The Brewers are thirty six and thirty at home, forty six and twenty four on the road. But sometimes you got to look a little bit closer. Sometimes you got to look at those numbers and see what they really mean. And in the second half of the season, again. They, they have a sweep against Kansas City in a two-game series, and they lost two out of three to the best team in baseball record-wise when a catch isn't made. Colombo isn't needed on this one, Doug. We don't need Colombo because there's no mystery. They are playing perfectly fine at home. The reason the Brewers' record is not as good at home is because of earlier season losses at home. I'm not worried about that. I don't care what happened early on in the season. I care about how the team is playing right now. Today's a rough one. And to be perfectly honest with you, and and I talked about this a little bit earlier today uh, on Brewers warm-up, something that I am concerned about, these games that the Brewers are going to play moving forward are not uh, what I would term as equally yoked. And what, what I mean by that is, these games mean so much more to the teams that they're playing. And sometimes it's hard to get past that. We see it all the time. What, what happens at the end of a season? When we're talking about late September, when you've got a team that's contending for a playoff spot playing against a team that's not playing for anything. What always happens is that team that's contending for a playoff spot wins. I guess not always happens, but more often than not. is a very common thing. And the Brewers clearly still have something to play for because they don't have the division mathematically locked up yet. And they've got to go win games, and they've got to accumulate wins, and they've got to uh, they gotta find a way. But we'd be lying if we said that these, the, the individual games, when it comes to who it matters most for, It matters more for the Cardinals. And when the Phillies come to town for later on, this uh, homestand it's going to matter more for them. And this is all happening as the Brewers come home for for a six-game homestand. And we'll just see how it ends up playing out. Um, By the way, Doug, you, you talk about the home record. I don't know if you noticed, the Brewers lost two out of three against the Twins. So their most recent series loss came on the road. They've been very good, and then they won against the Giants. But I just think, with all due respect... I think complaining about their home record when they've done what they've done since the All-Star break at home, I think it's a laughable take, to be perfectly honest with you. 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620, the Net Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Craig Sean will join us after this break. We're back with more in a moment. This is Brewers Extra Innings.
1: It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. And a swing and a drive in the left center and deep. This one might be trouble. And at the wall, leaping, and it is gone for Yadier Molina. Both Kane and Pablo Reyes made leaping efforts at the wall,
0: but it was in the bullpen. 15-4, 15-4, the Brewers come up short as they end up losing to the Cardinals today. Welcome back in to Brewers X Innings here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley. Craig Kishon of Valley Sports Wisconsin here as well. If you want to join us, 855-616-1620, the Yankee Net Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We'll start getting into some phone calls here in just a moment. Craig, I want to throw this I was just talking about this a moment ago. If, if from a big-picture perspective, I'm not concerned about anything with this Brewers team. They're en route to winning the division. They're fine. They're a good team. But from a series-to-series perspective, especially this homestand, the upcoming series against uh, St. Louis later on, even maybe the series against the Mets, these games are going to matter so much more for the teams that the Brewers are playing. And sometimes when we see that in September, you see results like this one today because it's not, it's not an evenly yoked game. That's a term that I used earlier. So I, I don't know what's going to happen over these next few days against the Cardinals, but clearly these games mean so much for St. Louis.
2: Yeah, and, and I think if you look at the entirety of what's left on the schedule for Milwaukee, I don't know what the number is, but I, I know they have one of the toughest remaining schedules, which is kind of ironic for a team that has such a big lead. But I think you make, make a really good point because – if you're playing St. Louis 10 times out of your final 26, you throw the Phillies in there, too. They're coming in next week. Um, you, you've also got the Dodgers at the end. Um, you know, you're talking about the majority of the games here where teams are going to be pushing for one reason or another. Mm-hmm. And and you've got 10 games against St. Louis, add the three against Philadelphia. That's exactly half of what you have left for teams that are really close to the wild card right now, if not their division. But they don't have anything in hand like Milwaukee has right now. So they're getting it all. I mean, you make mistake pitches against good offensive teams like we saw tonight against St. Louis and they're gonna knock six home runs out against you and um, so I, I think we saw that tonight it's certainly not going to be easy for this team
0: for me the end of the season can't come soon enough yeah
2: I know it you just got to get it.
0: through this next month uh, and, and you know get your games won that you can win get the division locked up and get to the postseason because there's not a whole lot of value in playing these games right now for the Brewers
2: well I think the only the only thing of value right now is to get some of the guys that are a little bit banged up that have made their way back back from the injured list um you know guys like freddie peralta eduardo escobar uh, both came back here today they're nursing adamas a little bit uh, colton wong is in here for a couple of days he's on the paternity list as well um so you know you you want to get yourself in good sync and then you want that season to end as quick as you can let's go to
0: uh, sparky and madison has given us a call hey sparky thanks for calling you're on wtmj
3: okay fellas hey uh thanks for taking my call uh I just wanted to throw this out. In a best of seven series, you're obviously going to throw your your, your big three. And you're going to need a four-starter, obviously, if you're in a four out of seven. And I would imagine you're going to want to have one of those starters be Lauer or Anderson because they're left-handed. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you agree with that? Wouldn't you want to have that? And the point I'm trying to think about right now with the, with the season coming towards an end, so Ashby has pitched really well here as of late. I don't know if you'd want to give him a few starts down the stretch to see how he would perform, but I would have to think that that fourth starter is going to have to be a lefty, and I think you'd want a left-handed pitcher and a best-of-seven. So I just want to see get some feedback from you guys as far as how you might want to set up that rotation in a four-out-of-seven playoff. Okay?
0: Yes, Sparky, appreciate the phone call. In a perfect world, do you have a lefty in your rotation? Sure, because it gives a different look to your opponent. But at the end of the day, Craig Council, with the with the guidance and the, and the discussion with everybody else that's part of the, the, the decision-making process, you're going to go with the guy that you feel like gives you the best chance to win a game, whether they're righty or lefty. I think if the postseason was starting right now, Lauer would probably be the guy who would be that quote-unquote fourth starter because he seems to be the guy who's pitching the best of that group for mo- most of the season. It's been Adrian Hauser. At times, Brett Anderson has been really good. Uh, so I don't think that fourth starter – conversation is over just like at this moment at eleven nineteen PM on on Friday, September third, I feel like if you had to choose a guy right now it'd probably be Eric Lauer.
2: Yeah, I mean I you you play you play those scenarios out better than I do (laughs) on the radio as far as thinking along those terms in the what ifs and stuff. Uh, I I just think the way I approach, you know, Sparky's question on that is um, the three best pitchers in the starting rotation uh, the three all stars are right-handers, and those are the three guys that I'm going to put out there. And if I if I need to push, you know, Brandon Woodruff again or Corbin Burns again in that four start, whatever it turns out to be, I'm I'm more likely to do that or take a route of doing some kind of a piggyback start if if he needed to do that. But look, we're going into a postseason. For the first time that I'll ever remember in the last several decades with the strongest pitching staff that has set up for postseason success ever for this franchise. So I am not forcing Eric Lauer in there or any other lefty at this point. I'm just not doing it.
0: If you lose a series because of Eric Lauer or because of Brett Anderson or Adrian Hauser or Aaron Ashby, then something else went terribly wrong in the Exactly, seriously. exactly. It, that that's kind of my feeling. Like if you have to go there,
2: you obviously they have the opportunity. To. They're deep. We all we've seen it all year. But if if you're stacking up the way you've pitched all season, you know who your three guys are.
0: So here's what I am a little bit curious though, and and we'll, I don't think anybody's going to tip their hand here early on. But all right, so the Brewers have been on this six day rotation. All year long. When you run a five day rotation, what happens in the postseason is you have generally three starters, and then you have a fourth starter who maybe gets one start in the championship series and one start in the World Series. Well, if the Brewers keep their current rest, they would then need a fourth and a fifth starter if they're going to continue to give everybody five days rest. If they're going to go change and go back to the more conventional four days rest, then you can go with those three guys for the vast majority of your starts and maybe just use a fourth starter once. I'm And if you do say, you know what, we're going to do that, we're going to go back and we're going to rely on those three guys plus maybe one other guy for a spot start, do we see some of these starters? Do we see Burns or Woodruff or Peralta? Do we see them in the final couple weeks of the season? Maybe pitch on four days rest and not five days rest, just to help train that arm a little bit for the postseason. I don't even know if that's even a consideration, but it's something that I, I do think about. Yeah,
2: no, I think it's a really good point. Um, but I think I think you know you're trying to be realistic about this too. Who who would do that in the postseason? I, I'm not. I'd be shocked if I saw them stay. With their five days rest in a six-day, you know, rotation through the way they've been going, I I I just see them squeezing it down, um, and then you know th- this franchise is awfully creative. I, mm-hmm. I think we're going to see some things here in the last uh, two or three weeks of of the regular season that is going to be a re uh, or a big full shape of of what's to come, a molding of what we're going to see in the postseason, I really do.
0: 855-616-1620 is the Yankee Net Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can tweet in as well, at Matt Pauley on air. We'll continue on with the program in just a moment here on WTMJ.
1: Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley on WTMJ.
4: Vader sends one in the air to left. Back is Yelich onto the warning track. He looks up. That's off the top of the fence, and it's going to go. It's a three-run home run for Harrison Bader right off the top of the wall, and it's 8-0 Cardinals. Yeah,
0: it was a tough one tonight for the Brewers. They lose to uh, St. Louis by a 15-4 score. And by the way, if you're, if you're not paying attention, uh, tonight was a very good night for St. Louis beyond just winning this game. The Reds lost, the Phillies lost, and at last check, the Padres were losing. So it's, it's pretty tough when you're trying to jump over three teams to move into a playoff spot for you to win and for all of those teams to lose in the same night uh, Padres have pulled even. They're now three three against the Astros. But if the Astros end up winning that game, the uh, the Cardinals will gain a game on each of the teams in front of them in the wild
2: card race. Yeah, that doesn't happen too often. No. This, this is what makes it really difficult when you're when you're the deficit isn't huge, but when you have to uh, jump over two or three teams to to get where you need, uh, it just goes to show the you know everything has to line up for you tonight. Maybe one of those nights for the Cardinals, but they. They pitched all the night
0: and hit the ball, boy. i tell you what. Nancy texts in. She says, I hate it when the Cardinals beat the Brewers. Says her husband is a Cardinals fan. Hopefully the Cardinals got it out of their system tonight. What happened to Peralta? Was he just rusty? I was so low, looking forward to seeing him pitch. Hope he's okay. Uh, and then says congratulations to Colton and his wife on the uh, birth of their first child. Uh, as Colton Wong goes on uh, the uh, paternity list prior to the game today. Uh, Peralta you see this sometimes when guys come off the injured list and in no way am i trying to like sound alarms with what i'm about to say but i do think it's worth watching him these next few outings because he is at a ter- in a territory right now when it comes to innings pitched that he has never been at in his career I would think he's gonna be fine, he says he feels fine, everybody says he feels fine, but just the like the physical manifestation of going through what he has gone through this year and never doing it before plus the fact that you're going from the 60 to 162. The Brewers are keeping a close eye on him, but I do think watching him to see what it's going to be like for him for the final few weeks, he's so important to the Brewers' postseason aspirations, and you just you never know how arms are going to respond to unprecedented innings pitch.
2: Yeah, I think that's why it's so easy for us to put a label of all-star on these three guys, these three starters that we always talk about. Um you know it. That's that's a, a half a season's worth of work. The other half they don't get any awards for. But we, if you if you keep tracking guys like Peralta and Burns and Woodruff and see what kind of growth that they made during the young portions of their career, and it is still young for for, for Freddie Peralta and uncharted territory is what it's like to come back off the injured list in the month of September. When your team's in first place, battling, jockeying for postseason position, this is new territory for them. So I think there, I think there are a lot of factors in there. Um, I'll I'll say, Rust has to be first, yeah. right? He hasn't pitched in two weeks. So let let's just hope that's the case right now and you know, you're facing a really good hitting club, so he didn't he couldn't find the you know, the strike zone the way he wanted to. Everything was kinda of hanging over the plate for him and, and they they beat him up pretty good those two innings.
0: Finding the way to navigate a one hundred and sixty two game season is the single most challenging thing about a major league baseball season. There is there is nothing comparable to it in sports it is not only do you have to be a talented team you have to be a team that can survive sometimes it's about surviving the season i was just i was talking about this with somebody else the other day um, the detroit tigers are a good young team they don't have a great record but they they're a they're a good young team playing well in the second half but they 've fallen off recently, yeah they they inched close to five hundred, I think they got within like three or four games of five hundred, and this is after they were they were ten under within the first like two weeks of the season, and I looked at their their really recent record, like the last two weeks, and they 've just fallen off. And I can tell you, that's a really young team, and that's a bunch of guys who have never gone through a 162-game season, and it's going to be tough for them the rest of the way. And they weren't even playing for anything. They didn't have the pressure of anything. They were just playing out the season, and they have fallen off. And it's a weird example of what i'm trying to say but really when you're talking and that's why freddie peralta having not been a starter for an entire major league season this is something he has never done
2: before yeah and it's uh, i say this to anybody it's all about you know, no matter what job you have but it, if it's a performance job these guys are performers they're athletes they're they're out on the mound in front of people they're they're trying to do their job and be successful and you have to get the right reps to do it you have to have the right reps at the right time of year to experience things to to put that in your back pocket and take it with you and these are things that some of these guys haven't gone through yet so um they're they're being you know mentored by some special people here at the same time so um, I'm I'm not worried. I, I know some people are like oh you know what happened tonight with Freddie. He I think he's going to be fine. Let's get his next turn in. Let's. Turn up his pitch count. Let's get him through the rough first innings that he's traditionally had this year and see how it goes from there.
0: 15-4. Brewers come up short. They lose to St. Louis in game one of a three-game set. Oh, excuse me. We'll hear the uh, post-game comments. I'm having a hard time breathing here, Craig. Ease oh, up, big boy. Watching all those runs. Uh, I can't all those do your job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can. We'll hear from uh, manager Craig Council coming up in uh, just a moment here on WTMJ. Brewers
1: extra innings with Matt Foley.
4: 0 oh, 2 swinging a fly ball right center. That one's hit well. Very well for O'Neill and gone. 10 0 Cardinals on the 22nd home run of the season for Tyler O'Neill. There are a few too many home
0: runs for the Cardinals tonight. 15 4. Brewers uh, come up short. They lose to St. Louis game one of a three-game series as the Brewers. Uh, by the, the Magic number goes down, though, because the Reds end up losing. So not all bad today for, uh, for the Brewers, but uh, bad in the sense that they lose 15-4. Magic Craig Council spent some time talking with the media just a little while ago. Uh, opened up uh, giving kind of an update on, on Freddie Peralta and how he was feeling and what was going on with him uh, struggling in his two-inning outing.
5: Well, Freddie, uh, Freddie felt really good. No issues with how he felt. Um, you know, no issues with how it looked from our side as far as how the ball has come out of his hand or his big velocity. Um, no restriction at all. So, you know, that, that part of it, he, he, felt good. He, he was rusty. I mean, he was a little bit rusty and, and didn't, you know, execute everything. I, I thought they hit some good pitches. Um, you know, Aaron, the ball, Arenado hits a, ball you know and you hit balls for homers you know you you, you kind of shake your head and more tip your cap you know um so but it just uh you know the the number of pitches he ended up throwing you know i think showed a little rust
1: craig any update on on justin topa
5: um it's it's an elbow issue um that's what we know we'll get an mri tomorrow was was Norris dealing with some sort of cut on his hand there in the ninth? Yeah, he he um, it, he dealt with it at Wrigley, um, and that uh, kind of re- did it again tonight. Um, it's just kind of how he grips one of his pitches that can cause it to happen. And it, he cut it, and um, and it, yeah, so it was it was uncomfortable for him to, to obviously when he cut it after he cut it.
6: Craig on the Topa thing does it does it look in like an IL situation? Do you guys yeah, know that? You're?
5: Yeah, it's it's an IL.
6: We we we've talked Craig about his story. He's he's been in that position before. Uh, how much do you feel for a guy who's been through some serious things multiple times, and who knows not what he what he faces here?
5: Yeah, I mean, I don't feel good about it. It's it's not it's not good. You feel bad for him. He he worked uh, really hard to put himself in position to, to help us this year. Um, so it's, uh, you know, you don't feel good about it. You know, you feel for the kid. Craig, how about the uh, performance he got out of Aaron coming out of the dugout and kind of stabilizing things a little bit? He pitched really well. I mean, I, I thought he threw well. And I think, um, you know, every time Aaron gets out there, he gets more experience, um, learns a little bit, uh, learns about his stuff. I mean, he threw a ton of strikes tonight. Um, and, and did a nice job. And it's like I said, it's just tonight was, you know, he, he kind of had, you know, with the score of the game, it was a little freedom, but, but I also think you learn about your stuff. You learn about facing some good hitters, and, and another, another positive, go out there on another positive note.
6: Craig, one thing about him, too, is it looks like he's pretty comfortable, whether it's at the front of the game or in the middle of a game. It doesn't seem like it takes him long to get it going in a game. How valuable is that as you sort of think about what he could be over the next, however many weeks?
5: Yeah, I think that's the part, one of the things that we wanted to establish with Aaron over the month of September is to be able to kind of be ready for anything. Um, and, um, you know, I think we're getting there. Um, and whatever the situation may be, just be ready for it. Just be ready to get out and make pitches. And I think he's, he's shown the the ability to do that. So it's, um, it's part of what we hoped we could get out of September with him.
6: Craig, you talked before the game about Wainwright, you know, pitching at such a high level um, sort of came to fruition, which is what, what what do you think about what you saw from him specifically tonight?
5: Yeah. I mean, I thought, you know, he, he kind of, Showed from the first maybe ten or fifteen pitches that he he was in a better spot than kind of the, the last time we saw him in St. Louis. Um, he probably executed you know thirteen or fourteen out of the first fifteen pitches, um, and, and so he, he was he just had his stuff going tonight. He was very comfortable and um, executing, and when he's doing that, it's 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 tough. When we saw him in St. Louis. You know the, the curveball was missing. We were laying off the curveball. Um, you know we we got some count advantage tonight. We we just didn't get it very
6: often. Just one quick follow up: Is Norris's thing? Is he going to need some time to get that healed, or is he going to be able to? No, cheat? It, it
5: does. I mean, well, we'll see. It, it the the last time it happened, it was not an issue. Um, you know, he'll he'll need some rest after the number of pitches, but no issue after the last time he had that happened to him.
0: Magic Craig Council meeting with the media just a little while ago, and we didn't talk about it much, but the two injury situations in this game never good, never good when you lose two pitchers to injury in the middle of the game. The Norris one does not sound uh, as alarming as startling uh, he's got a little bit of a nick there on his finger, and they got to get that healed or worked on whatever they got to do to get it uh, pitchable. they got to do that, but that's just that shouldn't take all that much time. The Justin Topo one doesn't sound good. Uh, elbow, again, he's had a couple Tommy John surgeries in his career. Y- you don't speculate about injuries, but at the same time, it-, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to read between the lines of what's being said, the tone in which it is being said, to really feel like, Tope is probably done for this year, and it could be even more serious than that. Um, and when you're talking about guys already had two Tommy John surgeries in a hypothetical world, if they say that he needs it again, like at that point, you're making life choices at that point. It's, it's not so much about baseball. It's about life. Are you going to go through the rehab that goes along with Tommy John for a third time with absolutely nothing guaranteed on the other side of it? That's a question that he's going to answer. That he and his family and um, you know they they can put together. And again, we're not trying to. Maybe it's not going to be that. Perhaps it is not as uh, as as bad as it sounds. But it doesn't sound great right now. You feel bad for him because he had the issue in spring. He worked really hard to come back from it. He could have had surgery. Surgery was one option. Went with the rehab option and. Uh, came back, and uh, it's amazing. I was talking about this with Craig Gashon off mic just a little while ago. It's amazing how many times you see somebody come back from injury, they go to the minor leagues, they're on a rehab assignment, they're, they're there, and everything is fine. Everything's fine in the minor leagues, and then they get to the big leagues, and that's where you have that, that next major setback. And it, just, it continues to go to show you that really the difference in intensity between what's going on. At say AAA and what's going on in the big leagues because it happens all the time. John Axford is another guy, right? Like he was, he was pitching great at AAA, and what happens? He comes out, makes his back in the big leagues, boom, right there. And I know Topo Posh pitched a little bit already in the big leagues this year, but you get the point of what I'm trying to make. There's just something about getting back to the big leagues where all of a sudden, whether it's intensity, whether it's energy, whatever it is, all of a sudden it just ramps up so much more that uh, whether or not you are truly healed and ready to go, it truly gets tested and you find out the answer at the big league level. 855-616-1620, 616 1620 That's the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Tax Line. You can tweet in as well, at Matt Pauly on air. We're going back through the game with the highlights. We'll do that next. This is Brewers Extra Innings.
1: Ready for this? Fly ball. This? Deep right. And this? Third deck. Holy smokes. Time for tonight's highlights.
0: Here's Matt Pauly. Yeah, we got to do this. Brewers lose to the Cardinals 15 4. Starting pitching matchup. Freddie Peralta back off the engine list, getting the start for the Brewers. Adam Wainwright going for St. Louis. In fact, the 300th time for Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina to be, uh, well, what he did today was kind of played catch, anyways. Uh, the Cardinals, uh, they strike first. They do so in the top of the first inning with a one out. Paul Goldschmidt walks with two outs. It's Nolan Arenado.
1: Freddie kicks, deals, swinging, and a fly ball hit to left. Deep warning track, this is trouble, gone
0: for Nolan Arenado. And the Cardinals jump out to a 2-0 lead. They double that lead in the second inning. Yadier Molina is hit by a pitch, and then Edmundo Sosa walks, so runners on at first and second for Harrison Bader who gets a base hit that loads the bases for Adam Wainwright ready but swinging a base hit to left one run is going to score
1: on a Adam Wainwright single he knocks in Yadier Molina who else and the Cardinals now lead 3-0
0: Adam Wainwright gets his third RBI on the year Tommy Edmond has an RBI ground out, and that makes it 4-0. In the third inning, they double their lead again. Now it's Justin Topa pitching for the Brewers. He replaces Freddie Peralta, who
4: goes two. First batter Topa faces is Nolan Aranato. The seams again as Aranato drives on the deep left center. This one's trouble and gone. Aranato with his second home run of the game took a breaking ball down and in and just golfed it into the Brewers' bullpen deep left center. Dylan
0: Carlson then gets a base hit with one out. Edmundo Sosa gets a base hit, so runners on at first and
4: second for Harrison Bader. Bader sends one in the air to left. Back is Jelic onto the warning track. He looks up. That's off the top of the fence, and it's going to go. It's a three-run home run for Harrison Bader right off the top of the wall, and it's 8-0 Cardinals. Justin Topa
0: would eventually come out of the game in that inning due to injury. Aaron Ashby would come in. He would get the final out. And uh, the game kind of stabilized with Ashby on the mound. He did a nice job. Uh, it was 8 0 at that moment. It would stay 8 0 all the way until the seventh inning. In the seventh, Paul Goldschmidt walks. That brings
4: up Tyler O'Neill. 0 2, swinging a fly ball right center. That one's hit well. Very well for O'Neill and gone. 10-0 Cardinals on the 22nd home run of the season for Tyler O'Neill.
0: Adam Wainwright back out to pitch the seventh inning, and he would walk Eduardo Escobar with one out. Then Omar Nervaez would get a base hit. Runners on at
4: first and second
0: for Luis Urias.
4: Swing, ground ball, sharply hit it. Eats up Sosa. It's in the shallow center. They're going to hold the runner at third. The bases are going to be loaded for Rowdy Tellez. They ruled a base hit for Urea, so
0: that loads the bases, and it also ends the day for Adam Wainwright. He exits. New pitcher is TJ McFarland. He gives up a uh, Rowdy Telez RBI fielder's choice and then a Lorenzo Kane RBI uh, ground out. So the Brewers get their first two runs on the board in the seventh inning, and that makes it a 10-2 game. Daniel Norris pitches the eighth inning for the Brewers. He puts up a zero, but in the ninth, things go a little haywire as uh, the inning gets started with a double off the bat of Tommy Edmond uh, after a Paul Goldschmidt uh, groundout. Tyler O'Neill walks, so runners on at first and second. Then the second out would be recorded, but Dylan Carlson would walk, and the bases are loaded. During that period, they went out and took a look at uh, Norris's finger once as he's got a little bit of a cut or a blister on there. Uh, He said he could continue on. Eventually they would come out a second time, and that time he did not continue on. Instead, Hobie Milner comes in, and the first batter, with the bases loaded that he faces in the first pitch that he throws, it comes to Yadier Molina.
1: And a swing and a drive in the left center and deep. This one might be trouble, and at the wall, leaping, and it is gone for Yadier Molina. Both Kane and Pablo Reyes made leaping efforts at the wall, but it was in the bullpen.
0: Yeah, they kind of almost collided out there. A grand slam off the bat of Yadier Molina. Next hitter and Edmundo Sosa
1: swinging a drive to right. This is big trouble. This one could go, and it does for Edmundo Sosa.
0: Wow, Sosa with his fifth of the year, 15-2. But the Brewers weren't quite done. We go to the ninth inning. New pitcher is Brandon Dixon. Uh, Luke uh, Maley would get a double, so he's on at second for Luis Urias. Here it is, a bouncer hit
1: to third. That's a fair ball off the glove of Arenado, and it winds up down behind. Did it get all the way down? No, I see Newt Bar just picked it up and handed it to a fan. It rolled on top of the infield cover and then down.
0: Yeah, it's a ground rule double, so that makes it uh, 15-3. Rowdy Telez adds an RBI ground out. That makes it 15-4, and that is the final score in this game. Cardinals go to 69-64, and while the Brewers, they drop to eighty-two and fifty-four winning totals for St. Louis, fifteen runs, twelve hits, one air. They leave four for the Brewers. Four runs, nine hits, no airs, they leave six. Winning pitcher, Adam Wainwright, he's now fourteen and seven. The loss to Freddie Peralta, he's nine and four. Home runs, Nolan Arenado, two of them, twenty-eight and twenty-nine. Harrison Bader hitting his eleventh. Tyler O'Neal his twenty-second. Yadier Molina his ninth. Sosa his fifth. The game lasting three hours and twenty four minutes, played in front of a crowd of twenty three thousand nine hundred and eighty seven folks. Brewers come up short; they lose to the Cardinals fifteen four. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We we'll give you some, uh, give you some scores from around baseball, and uh, we'll preview game two of this three game set. That's next. This is Brewers.
1: This is Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ.
0: Brewers lose to the Cardinals, 15-4. One of the best things about baseball is you get to put this game in the rearview mirror and move forward. We'll do that in a moment. First off, scores from around baseball. Cubs over the Pirates, 6-5. Cubs have won four in a row. The Reds they lose to the Tigers today, fifteen-five. So the Reds get beat up pretty good uh, as they are en route to trying to uh, trying to really win something. So that's that's notable uh, as far as the wild card race goes. The Phillies they lose to the Marlins yesterday by a ten-three score. Padres and Astros, they're even right now, 3-3. So as we take a look at the standings right now, uh, the Braves, by the way, they lost to the uh, to the Rockies. So Braves have a two-game lead on the Phillies with the Mets four games back in the NL East. and the NL Central, Brewers lead over the Reds continues to sit at 10 games with the Cardinals 11.5 back. And then in the West, the Dodgers and Giants uh, have identical 85-49 and 49 records, and they are even right now a 1-1 as uh, they are currently playing uh, in San Francisco. So the winner of this game that's going on right now will move into first place in the NL West, and the loser will have sole possession of the top wild-card spot in the National League. As far as that second wild-card spot in the National League goes, the uh Right now, because the Padres haven't lost yet, they are tied with the Reds uh, in a virtual tie. If the Padres win, they'll have the second wild card position. If they lose, they'll be a half game back of the Reds. Cardinals are now within a game and a half of the wildcard spot, and the Phillies are two games back. So you've got four teams within two games of each other right now trying to grab that second wild card. That's the best race that is going on right now in baseball, and we'll see how that ends up playing out. Brewers and Cardinals will play game two of this three-game series coming up tomorrow here at American Family Field. The pitching matchup. Adrian Hauser is going to go for the Brewers. The right-hander comes into the game with a seven and six record and a three point six nine ERA. Brewers facing a lefty tomorrow. They have struggled against lefties at times this year. In fact, they're going to face two lefties uh, in the final two games of this series. The uh, lefty for uh, the Brewers coming up uh, tomorrow. It'll be uh, Kwon Yun Kim. He is six and six with a three point two three ERA. So we'll see how the Brewers do. You know, we mentioned this uh, this right-handed, left-handed thing. And numbers are what numbers are. The Brewers are 16 and 15 against left-handed starters, as compared to uh, 66 and 38 against right-hand starters. Sometimes, yeah, you know, that's the that's the raw end of day number. You know, your record in games started by either a lefty or righty. You. would you break down the numbers a little bit and try to see what they're actually doing against left-handers as compared to, compared to right-handers, and it feels like uh, the the numbers in terms of wins and losses should not be as different as it is, but it is, and, and that's that's really all that matters, and we'll see how the Brewers do against uh, back-to-back lefties here over these next couple days against uh, St. Louis as uh, the Brewers will try to uh, win the final two games to take the series. The Cardinals, they're in a position where if they can win one of the next two, they would take the series, as they continue to try to make a run for a wild-card spot. Anyways, tomorrow's game starts an hour earlier at 6.10. That means our coverage starts at 5.35. Myself and Craig Cashon will have you after the game for Brewers Extra Innings. Have a great final minute of your night before we officially get in Saturday. We'll talk to you tomorrow here on WTMJ.